Welcome everyone to another episode of Full Definition, where we're exploring the full life that Jesus came to offer everyone. And what we do here on FD is we try to break that down, look at what it really means. What does it look like to have full life, and how can we get more of that in our everyday lives? On the last episode, we talked about grace and how amazing it is, how beautiful it is, and just how we should respond to it with gratitude. Receive it. I definitely recommend everybody out there, everybody listening, receive the grace of God. Don't reject it. It is so good. Life with God's grace is so much better than life without. Trust me. I know. I'm going to be living with God's grace. It's so amazing. And guys, the way we should respond, I was just saying, is like, receive it. Don't abuse God's grace. Grace is not a license to do whatever we want. Value it. Don't take it for granted. But you know, why? Why shouldn't we take it for granted? That's a really good question. Because, you know, hey, grace is free, right? I think there are two reasons why we shouldn't take it for granted and we should value it instead. And the first is that we probably realize, if we think about it, that it would have been hard or difficult or maybe impossible for us to obtain what we've just been given on our own. And the second reason is that even though grace is free to receive, once we can appreciate that there's actually a sacrifice involved on the part of the giver, I think it changes our mindset, you know, it shifts us a little bit to kind of cherish it, to appreciate the gift that it is uh, more than we would have before. So that's why we should value it, definitely. And we talked about one of the first markers of God's grace in our lives being his presence, his distinguishing presence. Amazing. And, you know, a preacher I like, he put it this way. I think it was really, really good, the illustration he gave. He put it like this. He said, That living with God's grace, like living with his presence, is like driving around on a hot summer day while everyone else without God's presence is driving in cars without air conditioning. You, with God's presence, you're driving in a car with air conditioning. Your atmosphere around you is cooler, it's nicer, it's better, it's more conducive to life and thriving, right? Instead of being in a hot car, sweating and just being, you know, muggy and everything, you're in this cool, nice, controlled, relaxed atmosphere. And you know, the the reality is that it doesn't change the fact that it's a hot day. Life happens to everybody. We saw in the last episode that Isaac had trouble, even though he was in the place where God told him to stay. People kept opposing him arguing with him, all this kind of stuff. So life is going to happen to us whether we have God's grace or not, but the grace of God makes such a difference that, woo, it's definitely worth receiving. And grace in itself does so many wonderful things in our lives. And this is why it's so essential for living a full life. When we receive grace, grace gets to work in us. It starts producing stuff. It starts you know, working away on our characters and our hearts and our minds and produces all sorts of good things in our life, which I'm going to go through in this episode. So check this out, check this out. Grace brings and renews hope. Woo, that's amazing. You know, if you ever got to a point in anything in life, any part of life where you felt you were losing hope and it just, there just didn't seem to be a way 
uh, maybe all the doors that you were hoping would open have seemed to close and what even looked promising now kind of fell apart and you just think, is there any point? And then suddenly God's grace arrives and you get something that you didn't even have to work for, you didn't have to strive for, you didn't have to do anything for, it just landed on you and you're just like, this is exactly what I needed. And suddenly your hope is restored. You're like, yes, it is worth putting my faith in God's word. When you read Psalms like Psalm 27, 13 and 14, that says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart and wait for the Lord. And you're like, yes. You see, hope helps you endure. And when you get the grace of God, it builds up your hope. You're like, okay, more hope. I can endure. I will see God's goodness. God is good. God is faithful. And that's the one of the beautiful things that grace does. Another thing that grace helps us to do, which, which I love, is it helps us to live right. Now, what do I mean by that? I think when we receive grace, it changes how we carry ourselves. Like it changes how we do what we do. Grace increases our awareness or maybe even our sensitivity to what's right and wrong and leads us in the direction of doing what's right. Like we want to do the best with the gift or the opportunity that we've just received because we understand how valuable it is. And we know that we couldn't have gotten that for ourselves. We couldn't have given that to ourselves. And so we want to do it in the right way. We want to do it in the best way. And there's some things that will just be like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to engage in that because I think, you know, it's going to affect how well I do in this thing that I've just been given. And I think it's it's a, a little illustration that kind of shows it a little bit. It's like, you know, when you wear white clothes to dinner or to eat a meal or something. Now, you still eat your food and enjoy it fully, but there are just some things that you wouldn't do because it's, it's a bit risky. Like, you could, you could get some, you know, stains on it and all that kind of stuff. And if you get stains on it, it's not the end of the world, right? But it's just like you prefer not to. And so you're a bit more conscious of what you're doing, how you're eating. And so it's the same way, but, you know, in our lives, in our character, we're a bit more conscious of, you know, what's right and wrong. And then we lean towards, you know, doing what's right and away from those things that are wrong. And following on from that, grace calls us higher. You know, grace is when we treat someone better than they deserve. And it's like, we also show grace when we give more responsibility than people are apparently qualified for. Right. That's the that's the thing. It's like you, you, you get into a position. I remember when I was in school, I came to boarding school and I had just transferred. And so I was new to the whole school. I was there for a year. And after a year, the head of the school, the principal, you know, called me in and said, hey, we want to appoint you as the head boy. And I thought, oh, my goodness, this is God's grace. Okay, because, hey, there have been people in the school for years, you know, all the way through, 12 years, 
who everyone has seen and being like, yeah, that guy, no, that guy, no, this guy, no, that guy, that's going to be the, this is going to be the head. And you think, yeah, this person deserves it. And I didn't deserve any position. I didn't deserve anything. I just, I just came around and I was like, I was happy to just do my work and, and cruise on by. But then I began to see, oh, wait, there's grace here. God's grace is on me. And I became the head of the school. And then after becoming the head of the school, I was like, oh, I'm now responsible for so much. So it pulled out of me. It, it called me to a higher level of responsibility than I would otherwise have lived in that school because I received the grace of God to be appointed higher than I thought I deserved. <laughs> and it's definitely higher than I deserved. I didn't deserve any of that. But you see, that's what I mean. When you receive God's grace, it calls you up. It drives you higher. You're like, wow, I've been entrusted with this gift. And now I want to fulfill to the most that I can do. I want to I live into it. I want to grow into it. So it, grace pulls you into this kind of wider space. Maybe I was living in this kind of, you know, four by four square meter space before. And God was like, no, 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 I got grace. And he pulls me into, into this massive space, which is like hundred by hundred. And I'm like, whoa, so I've got to grow in responsibility, grow in character, grow in all these things to fill that space because, wow, I've been given it this gift and I don't want it to go to waste. I want to make the most of it. And so grace draws that out of us. It's so fantastic. So when you receive grace, this is why, this is why it's so important in life, in living a full life, to have grace. When you receive God's grace, all the things that God has invested in us, he's given us the gifts, he's given us the talents, he's put all those seeds in us. And then now he's pouring out his grace on us that is going to bring out those things, right? He knows it's there. He knows what he's enabled us to do. And the reason he's given us this grace is because, yeah, it's bigger than what we can do, sure, but we're not alone. We're not alone. And, and, and that, that, that's the, the main, main thing about God's grace. God doesn't give you grace and then just kind of abandon you, just watch you up and go, all right, off you go, on your own. Um, no, God's presence, or the presence of God, is unconditional. Once you become a Christian, once you become a child of God, once you put your faith in Jesus, God's presence with you is unconditional. He stays with you. And then grace is sufficient. You have enough grace for whatever God asks you to do. Grace teaches us to rest and not strive. So important, so important. Like when God gives you the grace, right, to go into a place, into a space you didn't think you were able to, you were, you were qualified to go into. Okay, then he also gives you the grace to grow into it, right? God said to, to Paul, one of the apostles uh, who wrote quite a few letters in the Bible, he, he said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. And, and Paul was receiving by God's grace, right? Amazing revelations of God. Like God was revealing things to him that, you know, was blowing people's minds, blowing my mind. And I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. And so he says, in order that I don't get, okay, I mean, I think I should read it. It's in 2 Corinthians. It says, to keep me from becoming conceited, right? 
because of these surpassingly great revelations. That's what I was talking about. Paul writes that there was given to me a thorn in my flesh to torment me, a messenger from Satan. Three times I asked God to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. It's amazing. It's amazing. So, so, so what Paul is saying here is like, okay, I receive God's grace and so that I don't get conceited because let's be honest, sometimes we can mistaken the grace of God for our own abilities <laughs> and just say, hey, it's all me. And then we start to become proud. We start to become conceited. Like Paul was saying, like, imagine, imagine Paul getting these amazing revelations of God and every time he's having these dreams and he's having a vision here and all this kind of stuff. And God is working powerfully through him. And everybody's going around being like, oh, Paul, 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 he's the bomb, he's the this, he's the that. If he comes, you guys are going to be blown away, da, 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 da. You, you know what I mean? Like, there's so much hype. And that's because of God's grace. But Paul was saying, look, I, I could fall into the temptation of believing all the hype that it's really about me. Not recognizing that all grace comes from God. So in order that I don't forget... And this is something that God might do to any of his children. God doesn't want us to become proud. God doesn't want us to become conceited. So he says, I will leave something to remind you that this is all by grace. <laughs> so you don't forget. This is all by grace. And as, as you receive the grace, rest in it. Okay, know that you don't have to strive and do everything. Know that I am with you. My presence is with you all the time. So when God calls each and every one of us to say, share your story, be a witness of mine, right? To other people, tell people what difference I make in your life. And we can find that challenging. Sometimes we can say, oh, I don't really know how to approach it. I don't really know how to talk about what difference Jesus makes in my life to other people. It's a bit awkward, maybe, or maybe I find it a bit awkward. Maybe they find it awkward, whatever it is. Just know that you have the grace to do what God has asked you to do. So if he says to you, hey, share your story about our journey together with that person or this person, know that no matter how scary it may seem, no matter how out of your depth it may seem, know that. God's grace is already with you and is sufficient for everything you're going to need to do what he's asked. So do it. Grace allows you to freely obey God, right? You freely just kind of launch into it. I know it's, it's easier said than done most times, but mo what happens is we have to remind ourselves about the grace of God, about the presence of God, and take the step of obedience, saying, God has told me to do this, I'm going to do it. And even if I feel a bit frightened by the prospect, or I'm, I'm a little bit apprehensive of, you know, saying this or doing that, 
I'm going to do it anyway because I know I have God's grace. And that's the amazing thing about God's grace. It's always with us. It's always sufficient. He doesn't leave us and just go, yep, now you're on your own. Good luck. <laughs> so God's grace never runs out. It never runs out. It's always enough for today and for every day. Amazing. And grace helps us be graceful. When you receive God's grace, I love it. You are full of grace. That's how I interpret the word graceful, quite literally, full of grace. You become like God, a dispenser of grace. When you have received grace, you know what it does in you. You know how it works to build you up and helps you walk through life with a confidence, with an assurance, with a security, right, that you wouldn't have otherwise without it. And so you, you want to be part of God's grace distribution network. Yeah, that's the word. You want to be part of God's grace network. Ah, uh, brilliant. Yes. And so we become generous. You see, it costs us to show grace to people, right? We have to give some, of something of what we have to other people, and they receive it. And that's what God does. He gives of what he has to us. And similarly, when we, when we begin to see how beautiful it is, we, we emulate what he does, and we'd be like, I want to be like that. I want to also be an instrument of grace. I want to be part of that grace network. And so sign up, sign up, join God's grace network. Just do something good that he says to do to someone even if they don't deserve it, especially when they don't deserve it, right? That's the whole point of grace. You don't deserve it. So if someone is horrible to you and they really, really have shown you that they don't like you, in fact, they hate you and they want to treat you badly and they hate everything about you, forgive them and love them. <laughs> That's grace. You know, what they deserve is not love and forgiveness, but grace pours out that love and favor and forgiveness. And when they receive it, oh, it's going to transform. Trust me. I'm transformed when I receive God's love and forgiveness all the time. And God's grace always works. It gets to work and it starts to do all sorts of amazing things, right? It helps us to live free. You don't have to try and justify yourself when you know, okay, that this has come by grace. I have got into this position. I was made head of school by grace. I was promoted at work by grace. I, I became the team leader at work by grace. Okay, it wasn't that, hey, I'm the best of the best of the best of the best and I've worked my way up and pulled myself up and this, that, and the other. No, <laughs> when, when you know you've got there by grace, okay, you can rest, you can live without having to strive, without having to justify. You can live in simplicity. You know, if someone challenges you and says, hey, what are you doing here? Why are you in this position? You can just simply smile and say, by the grace of God. And then that's, that's it. Says, you know, why do you get grace? I says, I don't know. It's grace. <laughs> you don't have to give any reason for it. You don't have to like give any explanation, no, no justification. It is just grace. 
And this leads me to a really important point, which I think is just a word of caution, you know. Um, we should not compare grace between ourselves. <laughs> Let's just uh, don't compare the grace that one person receives to the grace that you receive. Uh, don't do it. Don't do it. That is not the point of grace. Okay, it doesn't make sense. There's no such thing as unfair grace. <laughs> um, like, grace is a free will, unmerited gift to someone from someone else. All right, so to us from God. God can choose what gift he gives each person, and that's his choice. And we can't go to him, hey, hey, you're being unfair by your freely unmerited gift because no one worked to earn it, right? It doesn't have anything to do with what we've worked on. So it doesn't make sense to look at someone's life and be like, hey, why is God's grace so visibly on that person's life and not on mine? Or why is God's grace, you know, working something out in that area of their life? Maybe maybe their their business is so successful or their 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 career is so successful. Hey, they, they, they're a successful artist or they're a successful, you know, entrepreneur or they're a successful doctor. Why why did why do they get grace in this area and not me? We will just end up getting ourselves into a bitter cycle of being unhappy and dissatisfied with the grace that we receive instead of realizing that we have grace too. We didn't, we didn't work to earn it. Enjoy the grace that you receive and celebrate the grace that others receive. Right? That is the best way to look at each other when we see God's grace in action in our lives and in other people's lives, celebrate what God is doing in their life and say, wow, it's amazing. God is great. And celebrate what God is doing in your life. Don't compare it. It's really important. <laughs> all right. All right. I, I, I'm not talking about that enough, but it's so important. Don't compare grace. Um, the, the last thing that I think grace does is it builds our faith in God. When we receive God's grace, we are encouraged to know that we can trust him. He's looking out for us. He, he sees beyond the needs that we don't even see, right? And he attends to that. He calls us higher. He builds us up. He knows that we can be more than we are. He builds that desire to live righteously like Joseph, to, to shun evil, to, to, to turn away from anything that is wrong, like having an affair with your boss's wife, like Joseph, he says, no, I'm not going to do that. Like God, God refines us and helps us. He builds us up by his grace. And so the more grace we receive, the more we know God, the more faith we have in him, because we're like, he is amazing. <laughs> I want to continue to receive his grace and let his grace work all these good things out in me because it's good for my life. I thrive when his grace works in me and it builds our faith in him. We love him more. We trust him more. It's so fantastic. So how do we, how do we get grace? <laughs> that is something I haven't really talked about directly, but probably I've hinted, about, hinted it a little bit. God is so beautiful and so clear in who he gives grace to. Um, James chapter four, verse six, it says it very clearly. God 
resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's what it says. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And grace helps us stay humble. Okay, so the first thing we have to do is humble ourselves. We have to humble ourselves and be like, you know what? I need help. I don't got this, right? I, I don't all the things that I think qualify me and make me legit and make me this and that and the other and, and make me enough. No, it's not enough. I still need help. Like that is the first place. That's a starting point of grace. I need help. I need help. I'm humble enough to admit I don't got this. Once we get to that point, we receive grace. And, and that's where it starts. We realize I can't save myself. I need a savior. And then I pray to Jesus and say, Jesus, please be my Lord and Savior. And then I receive the grace. And then I become a child of God. You know what? You know, and all that good stuff starts to happen. Like that's the starting point. But what's also important is the first part of that verse. God resists the proud. The moment we start to think God's grace is our doing, like I made this happen. I'm the one who's so great. Uh, we start to fall into the point where God starts to resist us. And I'm willing to bet, in fact, I'm 100% sure that God is stronger than us. And if he resists us, oh, that's not a good place to be. I encourage everyone, humble yourselves. <laughs> I want to humble myself. It is not a good place to live life being resisted by God. And that's so, that's so important there pride and getting puffed up about things. That's why, that's why God will do what he did to, to Paul in that he will allow something to come into our lives that will keep reminding us, this is grace, this is grace, this is by grace. And Paul said it, so, so that I don't become conceited, God gave me a thought in my flesh, something to bug me, something to keep reminding me that this is by grace, this is by grace, because it's so easy. It's so easy, guys. I'm not trying to point any fingers at anybody or, 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 or anything like that. It's so easy. I find it so easy. Every day almost I'm praying, oh, God, help me not to be proud. Like, it's so easy to fall into the trap of just believing, oh, I did this. I accomplished this. This is by my hand, you know. <laughs> and there was that guy, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, who had built this massive empire and... Uh, this was in the time of Daniel. He thought, oh, look, I've established this great country, this great empire by my own might. Look at all the riches I created, blah, 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 me, me, me. I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. And um, God gave him a thorn in his flesh. He lost his rationality, his reasoning for seven years, lived out in the wild in the fields, ate grass, all this kind of stuff. And then after he came back, after God restored him, he said, okay, look, there is no one like the almighty God. Like he just declared, he's like, look, I've been, I've experienced this thing that's reminded me that even building the greatest empire in the world is by God's grace. So it is so important for us to keep reminding ourselves, uh, I live by God's grace. It's God's grace that I even have the talents that I have. It's God's grace that I even have the skills, the abilities. Oh yes, I've developed them. I've, I've invested in them, but I didn't give myself those abilities. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't put that thing there. 
I was created. And so it's just remembering ah, everything, everything that I do, everything I receive is by God's grace. It doesn't mean that we don't work hard. Actually, it's the opposite. When we receive grace, grace helps us not to go around getting proud, but actually, like I said, grace works an attitude of wanting to do what's right in us. And so we want to work hard to fill the space. We want to work hard to live up. You know, grace calls us higher. Grace drives us up. It drives us to open up beyond what we even thought was possible. And then God's grace is empowering us to do it. Like, so grace does so much beautiful stuff in us. That's why it's so essential for living a full life. Absolutely essential. When we live from a place of grace, we keep reminding ourselves, this is God. This is God's grace. And we just stay humble. We just know I need his help all the time. I continually need his help. And so... As we think about it, how do we show grace? Well, of course, we show grace by our actions, loving people. As Jesus commanded us, love one another in the same way that he loves us. Unconditional love. Wow. That's a challenge, but that's what the grace of God is with you so that you can love unconditionally. Do you believe it? Whoa, even I'm, I'm listening to that and I'm like, whoa, you know, like that is true. I don't love unconditionally all the time, God help me, but his grace is working that out in me. And I tell you what, I love better than I used to. Um, and not by anything, I've, no, no, I've not worked at it. Actually, God's grace has worked in me. And it's just the outflowing of that work that's made my love grow. I love more than I used to. And, and it's just a thing of, by grace, grace works in us. We can also show grace by the things we say. I love it. The Bible says that our speech, the words that we speak to people, should be full of grace. We should speak in such a manner that it calls people up to good works. It builds them up. It helps them grow. It fills them with hope, right? The words that we speak should call out their God-given potential. And we shouldn't allow anything that is corrupted or perverse or twisted or trying to, you know, crush or break down. Mm -mm 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 -mm. We shouldn't allow those stuff come out of our mouths. God help us. Like, but those are the ways that we can show grace, the actions we do, how we love how we serve, how we forgive, and how we speak, the words that we say. This is so important in showing grace. We are part of God's grace network once we have received his grace. We, we are not just sort of vessels of grace. We're conduits of grace. We're part of the network of grace. And so our speech, the things that we say, should be filled with grace. And the way that we act, the things that we do, should show the grace of God. It is so beautiful. Oh, and I love it. I love it, guys. And I just wonder, I just wonder, if, if I, I've been speaking, you're like encouraged to receive more of God's grace, but feel like you've wanted to do it for a while, but something's blocking you. Something is stopping you. You just feel like 
you thought you were ready, but you haven't been able to do it. I just want to pray with you. I just want to say, Lord Jesus, thank you that your grace is simply free to receive. Nothing we do qualifies us for it. And nothing we do disqualifies us for it. It is just simply because of your love and your goodness that your grace is available to us. So I just pray that whatever might be stopping anyone from receiving more of your grace and from your grace working in their lives to produce all these amazing things to help them live full lives, that all those things would be removed and they would receive your grace even now in Jesus name. Amen. Until next time, have a great day, have a great week and I pray that his grace, you know that sufficiency of his grace and his grace is poured out more in your lives. In Jesus name. Amen. I have come so that you might have life to the full that you might receive the spirit of my Father, God, in heaven, and that he may testify from within you that you are his, and that you may cry out to him from the depths of your soul, Abba, Father.